Welcome to Common Sense Coalition Talk Radio, where you'll find straight talk from people with good old common sense. I trust your opinion. And now, for your host, she's putting sense back into nonsense. Absolute insanity. Well, you can hear me on the radio. Your host, Beth Ann. And I welcome you today to CSC Talk Radio. It is my honor, my privilege, and my pleasure to be here with you today. We're going to go straight to the Lord in prayer, and then we should have Daniel with us here later on. Let's go straight to the Lord in prayer. For such a time as this, most gracious Heavenly Father, we come before you as a body of believers across this great nation. We acknowledge, Father, that you are God the one and only God, the great I am, the creator of all life, sustainer of all life. And Father, we praise you for that agape love. That you love us so much that you take us as we are, but you love us too much to leave us as we are. Thank you for your, for the power and the sacrifice that we might have salvation and forgiveness thank you father i ask father that you will protect this nation protect your children those who are wrongly imprisoned father i saw more today that they're going to go after them double down on the prosecution of them so scary Father, I pray for President Donald Trump. I pray, Father, for the people that are going to be making decisions as we go to the polls and vote. May we not just vote Republican or Democrat, but may we vote for righteousness. Not that any of the elected are righteous. I don't mean that. But, Father, may we try to follow the path that you have laid before us. May we be willing servants. Here am I. Send me. Father, I mean that. And sometimes it's scary to say it out loud. But I pray, Father, that you will bless me and bless CSE Talk Radio, bless the guests that I bring on and my advertisers, and bless all of those who are listening. For I believe you have placed me here for such a time as this. And it is in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. If you choose wrongly, democracy, the act of choosing, dies. As we have discussed in the past, America was designed as a constitutional republic with some democratic policies. But we are not supposed to be a pure democracy form of government. That is mob rule. But let's play this democracy game for just a moment In democracy, the people vote and decide. Same as a renewed republic, but with the exception of the fail-safe or on the minority as the individual rights in the electoral college. And that's just in the presidential race. It serves a purpose, but we won't get into that today. Democracy is popular vote. Majority always rules. Elections still count. That's why they have to cheat to win. So ponder that for a bit. 
if you think your vote doesn't matter, because it does. Both parties are screaming about democracy, and it's going to die if this happens or that happens. But, excuse me, isn't that the way voting works? The Electoral College is only used for the presidential elections, and because that is nationwide. But we won't get into that. That's deep water. The popular vote is what is used in all other elections, from school board, dog catcher, aldermen, senators, governors, representatives, lieutenant governors, and our sheriffs. It is the people's choice. But choice doesn't fit the narrative of control and absolute power. Neither does that necessarily fit into the separation of powers, which is strictly a form of check and balances in our constitutional republic. But humoring the democracy point of choice, if you do not vote Democrat, democracy dies. If you do not choose an electric vehicle, democracy and the earth die. If you do not choose abortion, inflation will rise and democracy dies. If you choose to believe in the sanctity of life, democracy dies. If you don't like crime, violent crime, not only are you a racist and a bigot and so much worse, but democracy is at risk, probably an existential risk. If you're upset because you can't buy baby formula or you're complaining about high gas prices, you are a horrible person who hates democracy. If you're upset because we have nearly 3 million illegal aliens or more now in the country and you would vote to stop the invasion, democracy dies. If you're upset about the fentanyl killing Americans and you want to vote to correct and stop this killing, democracy will die. If you think the USA border is more important than the Ukraine border, you are a racist, a selfish individual who is willing to kill democracy. If you like USA oil better than Saudi or Russian oil, you're just a crazy killer of the earth who just like to see democracy die. According to the Democrats and Liz Cheney, if you vote them out of office, democracy dies. Being the heroine of the democracy, Liz has uh, risen up to stop Republicans from winning elections, even though she lost hers bigly. But that was because Wyomingites sought to kill democracy. To once again use a quote from the movie Princess Bride, I do not think that word means what you think it means. A democracy form of government is people choosing But the Democrats don't exactly like the way the people might be choosing in a few weeks, and they are really, really worried about democracy. (laughs) The majority of Americans aren't happy that the leader, what the leadership in this nation is doing. Some Republican leaders are, are in on it, but they're about to tear down, they're trying to tear down this country going Marxist for the sake of power. Democracy? Choice? Choice matters. We, the people, do have the right to choose. That is what the word democracy actually means. So gas up your vehicle and putt-putt to the election precinct and exercise your right, your duty, to vote. My quote of the week is, Politics, a strife of interest masquerading as a contest of principles, the conduct of public affairs, for private advantage. Remember that when you're taking a vote. Do we have uh, Daniel? Daniel, are you with us? 
I am. Good How are you doing today? Good morning to you and your great <laughs> listeners. Well, thank you. Thank you. I uh, wondered if you'd seen that the uh, crown prince of Saudi was mocking our president and said he'd rather have President Donald Trump <laughs> to deal with. Did you happen to see that? I did. And it's not the slightest bit surprising because <laughs> world leaders don't take Joe Biden seriously. Um, you know, they've seen him fall asleep like he did at the Scottish Climate Summit. They've seen him walk around the stage shaking hands with nobody, uh, confused. And, you know, they, they take their, their countries seriously. They take their jobs seriously. They also take authoritarianism seriously, which is the one thing they have in common with the Joe Biden administration. Right. Well, but I thought it was kind of telling that even even the enemies <laughs> preferred Donald Trump, not because they could get away with more, but they could actually talk with him. And and I don't think they can converse with Biden on a any kind of a level of intelligence. And and no. I, it's a shame. I don't like it that it's that way. Even if he was going to be a which he is, a dictator. It'd be nice if you could at least converse with him, but you cannot converse with him. (laughs) I hear the music. We're headed into a break. I want to talk about diesel fuel with you today and whatever you've got on your mind and heart. (laughs) Just need to get it off. We'll do that when we come back. You're listening to CSC Talk Radio. This is Beth Ann with Daniel Turner, Power of the Future. He's a sponsor of the show. Without Daniel, we wouldn't be here. And without Daniel, I'll tell you what, the fight for energy. Would I don't know that it'd be lost, but it'd be a lot. It'd be a lot lost. You're listening to CSA Talk Radio. We'll be right back. You can look for the silver lining or you can strengthen your portfolio with gold and silver. Optimism is planning for your own financial future. Melody Cedarstrom of Discount Gold and Silver Trading has been watching our economy and the banksters for well over 20 years. The U.S. has an unsustainable debt. While the timing of a collapse cannot be predicted, we know the proverbial straw that breaks the camel's back weighs heavier and heavier with each new stimulus and omnibus bill. Because of our debt and the lack of solid backing, those fiat dollars in your pocket continue to deflate in value. However, gold stays true, true wealth. Give Melody Cedarstrom a call at 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Discount gold and silver trading for all your precious metal needs. And join Melody weekday afternoons at 4 p.m. Eastern Time on Financial Survival Radio. Visit DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com. Daniel Turner, founder and executive director of Power the Future, agrees that America is blessed with an abundance of reliable energy sources. Our natural resources are the lifeblood of our nation and have made our nation prosperous. Rule America is the heart of production in this nation. Our food, manufacturing, trucking, and yes, our energy. Power the Future promotes jobs in Rule America, specifically our energy jobs. These jobs are all under attack. Wealthy radicals like Tom Steyer's George Soros promised to break the nation's energy independence. Their beloved Green New Deal attacks all that is good in this nation. Our food, our land, our jobs, our families, and of course, our gassy cows. Power the Future is fighting for you, rule America. Join them. Visit PowerTheFuture.com. See the latest news and donate to those who are fighting for you. PowerTheFuture.com. Power the Future is fighting to keep America's lights on. 
Hi, I'm Elmer Heinrich. My company sells a nutritional product called Immuno 150. If you haven't heard of it, you need to go to the website immuno150.com or call our toll-free number. Now, we sell to thousands of consumers, and our reorder rate is above 94%. Now, many people ask us how we can sell a month's supply of Immuno 150 for less than $50 when most of our competition is $70 to $80 a month. It's simple. We don't pay celebrities or testimonial people to say something good about the product. Immuno 150 stands on its own with 70 minerals and 80 other nutrients. It doesn't need any help, and it has more than color, taste, and smell. I am 88 years old, and my wife is 79, both with no dementia, arthritis, or allergies, and no aches or pains of any kind, nothing, all because of Immuno 150. Now, check the number of minerals in the product you take. Don't be surprised if you don't find more than 12. Order Immuno 150 to see what 70 minerals can do for you. Call our toll-free number, 888-316-2224. And we have returned. You're listening to CSE Talk Radio. Sometimes I think I've got a little Biden in me. I say it wouldn't be lost, but it'd be lost. It made absolutely no sense. But what I was trying to say was... The conversation would be lost because we need you here to keep us informed as to what's going on. And Power of the Future does that, fighting for rural America, fighting for America's energy. And we thank you, Daniel, even if I can't spit my words out right sometimes. <laughs> well, we thank you for what you do for rural America as well. Because well they're the jobs you. that are on the line, right? They're the, they're the people who are in, in the crosshairs of all of Biden and most Democrats' policies, even the Democrats that represent rural America, they have to reconcile the fact that their policies are devastating to rural America. Yes, yes. You know, uh, I had this article. It's from uh, PJ Media, talking about that, talking about how it's not being talked about or mentioned, and that is a shortage of diesel fuel. The supply of diesel fuel is in crisis. It says, and um, it said here. Coming from Bloomberg, the U.S. has just has 25 days of diesel supply, the lowest since 2008. And when I read that, I wanted to I knew I wanted to ask you about this, what you know about this, because I know you stay on top of it. And that's pretty it's pretty important because the diesel fuel is what's uh, bringing the stuff to the store shelves. (laughs) So, yeah, and and it's. It's what diesel powers, which is so essential, right? It's obviously mm-hmm. the huge trains, uh, the right. trucks, the cargo trucks, those, those cross Atlantic and cross Pacific tankers, right? Diesel powers our heaviest equipment, even most of our farm equipment. Um, yes. and yeah, a couple people have diesel powered trucks, but for the majority of, of diesel, it's really the, the, the fuel of those machines that power our economy. Um, We've never refined as much diesel as we have gas because we use a lot more gas than we do diesel. I don't have any proof, but I wouldn't be surprised if the Biden administration was, uh, was, was weighing on the refiners to change the, the percentages of how much they refine diesel versus regular gas to Mm. increase the supply of gas to lower prices because diesel prices, though they do affect all of us, right? Everything we buy is, is, has a price included in it of, of what they pay for diesel. Um, but it's not as immediate as going to the tank in your regular sedan or SUV and filling up gas. And so what seems odd to me is the percentages, right, of how much is being refined now versus what we normally refine. 
I don't have, like I said, I don't have evidence that the Biden administration is weighing in on refiners, but something is off. I'll, I'll, I'll just put it that way. Something is off. And, you know, most of the times when things are off, it's because government tinkers. Absolutely. And we have an administration full of tinkerers, right? Whether it's education, <laughs> whether it's criminal justice, whether whatever the policy, you can find a Biden administration official who thinks they know better and wants to tinker. And tinkering is destructive when it comes to the free markets. You know, I about 40 years ago, you're too young to remember this, but you've probably studied enough that you know about it. Diesel was so much cheaper. <laughs> 40 years ago, gas from what we have now wasn't that expensive. But diesel was so much cheaper. People in the in the rural communities, they were getting diesel converters put on their trucks, on their pickup trucks, and running their pickup trucks with diesel. And, of course, now they make the diesel pickup trucks. But it was because it was so cheap. So people were I, – I had a good friend, kind of a third cousin to my husband that did that. He was all braggy about it. You know, he got this thing put on his uh, – uh, he was running his truck on diesel fuel, <laughs> his pickup truck. Yeah. So, you know, how yeah, and, things and have changed is, in is, these years. It's to refine um, because it doesn't require as much processes, right? And, and this is, again, this is government tinkering. Um, yes. If you take a product, which is gas, and then you have the amount of government mandates on the gas – well, that just requires a, a more refined process. Uh, let's just say you're, like, you're putting it through the machine another time to take out whatever government thinks needs to be taken out. And then you got to add your ethanol blends because government tinkers with that. And anyone who knows anything about an engine knows that ethanol isn't really great for your engine. No offense to our beloved corn farmers who are listening right now on the air. Um, but but it, And this is always funny. Is Every not. time we have a especially a Republican presidential debate, and it's always in Iowa, and diesel, is, uh, ethanol is always the, the, the first question asked, and most of them wimp out. Uh, most of them wimp out and say, they love ethanol, they love ethanol mandates, because they're so desperate to win the Iowa caucus and to do well at the Iowa debate. But, but, mm. but ethanol, in terms of its mandates and in terms of its, our, our food pricing, Ethanol mandates have been an absolute disaster for everybody yes, but the corn farmers. No offense yeah. to our beloved corn farmers. Absolutely um, not. I mean, <laughs> we like to make a profit, and they were doing that. But we have since found out that the ethanol is not as good, and it's not as efficient. And so we learned, but I don't know that we really learned. So, no. But we do know that. No. And that's the problem with government is that we don't ever really reverse course. Right. We, we don't ever do an after action and say, you know, what's been the result of this? Has it been beneficial? Did it work? I mean, heck, the amount of times I tweet and I know Rudy has picked up on this before. <laughs> the amount of times I tweet at the airport going through TSA, standing in line, getting touched and taking off my belt. And even though I have all of the pre-checks and clears and executive platinums because I'm on an airplane three times a week at this point doesn't matter no one has ever looked back at 21 years of tsa and said are we doing a good job is it actually working is it worth it we just say well that's uh, just the way it is now yeah uh, no that's... one looks at education and says are our kids smarter they're they're noticeably not they're they're mm. even the, these last couple studies have come out in a few days about how much worse they are now than pre-covid how much they've dropped in education but we just say, wow, that's too bad, and we move on. We, we stay the Well, course. we just want to blame COVID, but I don't believe it was COVID. I believe it was no. those who were 
putting out these mandates and restrictions and regulations during COVID because the, the uh, states that didn't lock down, their children are doing way better than the ones who did lock down. And we know it also hurt the children in other ways. So are we a nation that sacrifices our children now? You heard what Stacey Abrams said, you know, inflation is, is a reason to have abortions. <laughs> it's like a, Because you have children, you're worried about the inflation. If you didn't have children, you wouldn't worry about it. I don't think that's true. I have children. They're grown. And I basically, I guess guess you'd say I was retired because I'm not making any money. But (laughs) but, um, I worry about inflation. I mean, retired people have a fixed income, and they've only got so much money. And... uh, you know. Those comments by Stacey Abrams, I'm glad you mentioned them because they remind <laughs> me of the similar comments by the little Cub Scout Pete Buttigieg when he <laughs> talked about how, well, when they pay enough pain at the price of the pump, when they have enough pain at the pump, then they'll make the switch to electric vehicles. And it's the same philosophy, the same anti-life, anti-human philosophy of Stacey mm-hmm. Abrams that says inflation and abortion are tied because if you just aborted your kids, you would have more money. And, and, and in both of those cases, you could argue the logic is sound, but the logic is diabolical. And, and I don't it's want evil. a government that is diabolical. I don't want a government that looks upon people that way and says, you know what, she's absolutely right. If I killed all the animals on my farm right now, I would not have to feed them. That's, that's totally true. But, but, <laughs> but, but boy... What a horrible vision of the world. And these are the people running for office. You, be, you yeah. did your monologue talking about the election. These are the people asking us to elect them, people who have but, a philosophy that says humans are the problem. They're the problem of climate change. We all know they're the problem of climate change. Meat-eating. the problem of inflation, everything. Just kill the people and you'll be happy. Meat-eating humans are the problem. Do you think Stacey Abram doesn't eat any meat? <laughs> just, just throwing that oh, out there. Ben, I'm, I'm just throwing that. I, I could say that, and you can't, maybe, possibly, but I can say that. And uh, never get ask away with a woman it. about her age or her weight. <laughs> or her I don't have color. to. I don't have to ask. I don't have to. <laughs> All right. I do want to talk about electric vehicles, and I'll tell you why. <laughs> because uh, I was listening. I'm writing my book, and I'm, I'm just about done with it, Daniel. And uh, it is my modern day uh, Thomas Paine. It's, I've titled it The um, American Crisis Continues. And I'm no Thomas Paine, but I'm just about done with it. But in doing some research, there was something that I wanted that I knew I'd heard Paul Harvey say. And when I went back and listened to that, just to, and this wasn't even the snippet I was lit wanting, he talked about, will America reincarnate the electric car? So I got curious. I'd heard this years ago when I'd listened to this same one. And I got curious as to when when did the electric cars, they came before the gas-powered cars. So I wanted to talk about that just a little bit and then move forward to what they are today and what they're costing the American people and uh, what they're going to cost if we all go electric. You're listening to CSE Talk Radio. This is Beth Ann with Daniel Turner of Power of the Future, an advocate for rural America and American energy. Power of the future. And we'll be right back.
And we have returned. You're listening to CSC Talk Radio. This is Beth Ann. So, Daniel, I just wanted to visit the electric car thing just for Beth. <laughs> I know you probably already know all this, but it was around 1832 when Robert Anderson developed the first crude electric vehicle. But it is wasn't until the 1870s or later that the electric cars became practical. And the electric vehicle held the land speed record until about 1900. And what did you say that was, Rudy? About 30 miles 30, an hour? 39 miles 30 mile, an hour. 39 miles an hour. <laughs> uh, I don't know how long their extension cords were back there. But anyway, then in the 20th century, the high cost and the low top speed and the short range of battery electric vehicles compared to internet, internal combustion engine vehicles led to a worldwide decline in their use as private motor vehicles. So in the 1920s, an, an improved road infrastructure improved travel times, creating a new a need for vehicles with a greater range than offered with the electric cars. So we had to step it up a bit. So we went with the uh, worldwide discoveries of the large petroleum reserves led to the wide availability of affordable gasoline, making gas-powered cars cheaper to operate over long distances. And finally, the initial uh, initiation of mass production of gas-powered cars by Henry Ford brought the price down so individuals could own it. It says, by contrast, the price of similar electric vehicles continued to rise. And by 1912, an electric vehicle sold for almost double the price of gasoline cars. So they've never been terribly efficient or or, uh, affordable, it doesn't sound like. No, and and I think one of the the, the slights the fossil fuel industry gets is that, uh, you know, we, we... they, they, if it wasn't for us, electric vehicles would have taken off. If it wasn't for us, right, we're the, we're the bane of everyone's existence. But the fact of the matter is that the advantage of fossil fuels is their tremendous abundance, and things that are tremendously abundant tend to be less expensive. And, and that's mm-hmm. why they're, they were so pervasive. Uh, we discovered a long time ago in America we had oil and gas and Heck, we've known in, in places like California, if you ever go to the La Brea tar pits, we've known forever that we had this black stuff seeping out of the surface. Mm. Just no one really knew what to do with it. For millions of years, no one knew what to do with it. <laughs> Just uh, don't well, let your cows get in it, because that's nasty. But are you still there? Yes, 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 ma'am. Oh, okay, okay. I have this other article that Rudy showed me, and this is... Uh, GMC Sierra EV Denial, Denali, is that what you call it? It's an electric yeah, pickup. Yeah, and they sold out. It's $107,000. I'm going, who has $107,000 to buy this? It's a nice looking pickup truck, and apparently it goes very, very fast. I'll let Rudy talk about that. I said, well, why is that necessary? And I guess I'm just not a guy who likes fast. It's as fast as 60 miles an hour as my motorcycle, which is kind of scary. From yeah. zero to zero 60. 60, yeah. <laughs> it is. It's incredibly fast. A couple little tricks, though, that GM is playing to keep the Biden administration happy is the deposit for one of these trucks was $100. Oh. So, of course, the deposits sold out because you only had to put down 100 I wonder if they had put down $25,000 deposit. If they would have sold out on uh, in record time, but that's not the the, the goal. The goal is not to get the deposit. The How many are going to be repossessed? Yeah, 
<laughs> I just, I'm wondering how many are going to be repossessed. I mean, I just, yeah, I, I can't exactly. imagine affording something like that. No, and but. and the other problem with the electric vehicles, which is still uh, an ongoing problem, is their towing capacity. So the car may be very fast. Teslas are incredibly fast car. I'm not denying that, but they're not workhorses. Most, well, yeah, most people that have a pickup truck, besides. You know, uh, 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 dads who live in suburbia who wish they were farmers like me. <laughs> so I was going to say, look like a farmer. <laughs> <laughs> they, they have pickup trucks that they put soccer equipment in, and there's nothing wrong with that. But some of us have pickup trucks that we have to haul things with. I just took 14 sheep um, to an auction on, on Saturday, and it was a good 80 miles away. And, you know, sheep aren't the heaviest animals on, on, on the farm. But 14 of them is a couple pounds. It is. I would, I'd love to see an electric pickup truck with a trailer oh, and that much weight and see how fast it goes, how it goes on hills, and also how long the battery lasts. Yeah. Well, speaking of batteries and recharging, uh, Rudy did a lot of research this morning. <laughs> and he found this article. And now this is coming from Australia. And there's a little neighborhood there, and several in the neighborhood have electric vehicles. But they they put a, a flyer out to their neighbors. Dear neighbor, you may have noticed that, and it says, is returning over very green. We are turning very green. They are now four EVs in the street, which is great. It's on this little block where they live, this little neighborhood. So as we encourage everyone to go green, we have seen, we have been presented with some challenges in relation to electricity use. In short, our infrastructure is from 1822 and our cars are from 2022. So, the EV crew all met last night and we're thinking about setting up what we call a roster ration. So they're going to put times on when they can, um, when they can charge their vehicles in this little neighborhood, and they've asked these people in the neighborhood who don't have the electric vehicles to not use their electricity or their air conditioners or their washers or their dryers during this period of time when they have set aside to recharge their vehicles. <laughs> Needless to say, I don't think the neighbors took kindly to this. But anyway. No, this is progress, right? Progress is... <laughs> In 2022, you can't do laundry when you so desire. You do laundry at fixed times. And that doesn't sound like progress. That sounds like Eastern Europe before the Berlin Wall fell. Um, and, and I don't want to live as part of your progress. And if you think as a neighbor that you buying an electric vehicle means you get to dictate when I do my laundry, I mean, you're, you're kidding yourself, right? I, I, I didn't become... Uh, who I am to have other people dictate how I live my life, um, but you know, but Australia they've 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 made their bed; they have to lie in it, and be, this is the result of going green. But isn't that the attitude of the left or the greeny weenies or whatever you want to say that they're right, you're wrong, and we should capitulate to their lifestyle, not vice yeah. versa? We're the ones and, that need to capitulate. They also get something um, fundamentally wrong when they say our infrastructure is from 1822 or whatever. Yeah. Um, how many of your wonderful listeners right now 
live not where I live, which is truly off the grid, you know, mm-hmm. et cetera, on a well, but they live like outside or like in the little town that's hooked up to the town's water. And they have cast iron drains and cast iron uh, pipes that come from the city that are from 1870. Would you say that they need to be replaced because they're old? No, they work great. Well, well, why would your electricity infrastructure need an update? You just what what we need is we need to produce more electricity. Doesn't matter that the wires are from 1822. What matters is that you're not producing enough electricity to Amen. to meet supply. How many of those wonderful listeners who live in town have renovated their houses 19 times, added bathrooms, added uh, uh, hoses outside? The water supply is fine. But right? the it's pressure the is pretty low. It, it, it's not the infrastructure problem. It's it's the capacity of what we produce is problem. Yes. And going green means we produce less electricity. And that's never a good thing. It's never a nope. good thing. And uh, we're seeing, we're reaping the benefits, not the benefits, the repercussions of the left pushing these things on us. Maybe there's a future for it, like power of the future, but it's not today. It isn't today. And uh, I think that upsets them. And I'm sorry, but that's the truth of it all. We're list- You're listening to CSC Talk Radio. We're having a great conversation with Daniel Turner of Power of the Future. You can visit his website, powerthefuture.com, or go to my website. I encourage you to do that anyway, and click on the, the lightning bolt and go to powerthefuture.com. He's a sponsor of the show. Without him, we wouldn't be there. Be here, and we will be right back. Have you heard about vine-to-bar chocolate? It's the winemaker's chocolate, the world's first chocolate made with well-vined Chardonnay Mark from the beautiful coastal vineyards of North America. Gently pressed grapes are harvested after juicing, dried, and finely milled and carefully blended into the finest dark chocolate. The Chardonnay Mark contains highly beneficial grape nutrients, flavanols, and has a natural sweetness that flavors the luscious dark chocolate. Mouth-watering, flavorful, delectable dark chocolate goodness with Chardonnay sweetness and beneficial nutrients. And it's alcohol-free, too. It's vine-to-bar chocolate. Order some today at vinetobar.com. That's V-I-N-E-T-O-B-A-R.com. Cold ship to your door, it's Vine to Bar. Vine to Bar chocolate. Visit us at vinetobar.com. Mike Lindell and MyPillow are offering a BOGO extravaganza on multiple MyPillow products. Now's the time to join the millions of Americans who have changed the quality of their sleep with MyPillow. Right now, take advantage of Mike's buy one, get one free pricing on MyPillow's bed sheets, Giza Elegance MyPillows, six-piece towel set, and roll-and-go anywhere MyPillows, and so much more. Just go to the radio listener specials page at MyPillow.com and use promo code Bethann or call 1-800-978-6168. Don't miss this incredible opportunity to buy one, get one free on select products. You will also receive Mike's book absolutely free with any purchase. Call 1-800-978-6168 or go to the radio listener special page at MyPillow.com. Promo code Bethann. 
Oh, beautiful for spacious skies, for amber waves of grain, for companies that stay with us through thick and thin and pain. Join us as we celebrate the companies who support this nation, support CSC Talk Radio. Our All-American Market page hosts companies who are now affiliates and sponsors of CSC Talk Radio, MyPillow, McCall's Candles, Liberty Tabletop, and there's more to come. Whether you contact them via website or by phone, you have to use the promo code BETHANN. These companies have endured the economic storms of bad trade policies and U.S. regulations, and they have earned your business. They take pride in their products. So visit the new webpage, csctalkradio.com, and click on the All-American Market button. That's csctalkradio.com All-American Market button. And always use the promo code BETHANN. Don't miss Abby Johnson as she delivers a message of life in St. Charles, Missouri for Vitae Foundation's annual pro-life event on Thursday, October 27th at St. Charles Convention Center in St. Charles, Missouri. Abby is the author of the national best-selling book and movie adaptation, Unplanned, which tells the story of her powerful conversion from abortion clinic director to outspoken pro-life advocate. Abby believes in the work of Vitae Foundation as they utilize digital marketing strategies to connect abortion-determined women with life-saving resources at local pregnancy help centers. Reserve your seat today by going to adsforlife.org. Again, that's Abby Johnson on October 27th in St. Charles at the Convention Center in St. Charles, Missouri. Before this event sells out, register today at adsforlife.org. That's adsforlife.org. We have returned. You're listening to CSC Talk Radio. This is Beth Ann with Daniel Turner. I'm going to kind of turn it. Finally, I'm going to turn it over to you, Daniel, and we'll stop talking about what Beth wants to talk about. Uh, what's on your mind? What has been going on in the energy sector? Because I know it's it's been kind of depressing on this end looking at it. But what's really no? Going it on? has. It, it has. Yeah. But you know, whatever's on your mind, Beth Ann, is what always is on most. Most Americans mind, which is why you're, you're CSC talk radio. Um, you, I think you, you have your finger on the pulse of, of the average American way more than, than anyone in DC does. That's for sure. And, and more than most, most radio show hosts out there. Um, well, but uh, for the for next that. two weeks, it's all about the election. Even if it something, well, if something were to happen and we decided to try to make waves about X, Y, or Z, <laughs> everyone is talking about the election because there's a lot at stake. Um, yeah. And, you know, normally we go into the midterms and, and boy, I mean, I've, I've been doing this for a little while now, so I've been in midterms uh, before. Normally we go into the midterms with an assessment of, do you like the president? Yes or no. Uh, um, do you like what he's done? Um, the average sentiment right now of, of Americans is they're not happy with how things are. They're happy. They're unhappy with costs. And, and the Biden administration is trying to pivot to abortion. And even if you're the most pro-abortion person out there, you still have to go to the grocery store and eat every day. And, and you're not having an abortion every day. I hope not. Um, but you are eating every day and you are getting gas for your car every day. And these are the, 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 the policies that people are going to bring to the ballot box and say, boy, it was not that long ago that things weren't like this. And yeah, on top of that, 
nuclear war threats from Vladimir Putin, yet on top of that, uh, uh, North Korea launching missiles, yet on top of that, Iran getting ready to explode, and the Obama the Biden administration totally quiet on those protests of women burning their hijabs, saying we will no longer be second-class citizens. None of the women's groups have come out in favor of Iran recently. In case no, they don't. Um, so the American people, they're, they're, they're looking around and they're saying it doesn't have to be like this. That doesn't necessarily mean that they're pro-Trump. I am, of course. That doesn't mean that they, they, they long for him as a person. But they remember 2019, and they remember life before COVID made things crazy and have a lot of frustration. And you add on top of that COVID from the Biden administration to everyone on down that said you get the vaccine and you're not going to transmit. And now they're like, wow, maybe you will transmit, but that's not what we meant. You get but the you vaccine still need to get and the you're vaccine. not going to get COVID. <laughs> well, okay, you're still going to get COVID. <laughs> so people are saying, well, what was the point of the vaccines? And why did Pfizer make hundreds of billions of dollars? And so there's a lot of frustration and anger. And that's what's on my mind because yeah. there's a way we express our frustration and anger in America. And that's at the ballot box. And I do think, I don't think it's a red wave. I think it's a red inundation. I, I think it will surprise how big of an election this will be unless the Democrats can do something in the next two weeks to stem Gee. it. And they're trying. Yeah, right? they they're are. trying to provoke our, our, our enemies around the world. They're trying to they're trying to do something um, because Biden will not. Heck, he, he asked the Saudis to keep quiet about OPEC cuts. He'll do anything <laughs> to try to keep the House and the Senate. Um, but I don't think he, he can do it. Well, and I think it's it's more than just the House and the Senate. Well, we need to take that majority back. But I think it's going to have to do with all the governor races as well. Uh, we've got to have some governors that are in place that are like DeSantis. And um, you and I are pro-Trump. I've got family that love Trump the first time around, but they don't think he should be elected again because of all the chaos. But he's not the one caused the chaos. And um, they want DeSantis. And I like DeSantis, but I don't think it's time. I think we need these governors that are common sense constitutional governors where they are in order to support a president that wants to make America great again. Obviously, DeSantis wants to make Florida great again. You know, we've got, you know, um, um, I lost her name, Uh, Gnomes, Christy Gnomes in in, uh, South Dakota, wanting to make South Dakota, keep South Dakota great. You know, we need those governors to back up the president, to not lock down. They're going to try and pull something between now and November 8th. There's no doubt in my mind. And I think it's going to be very violent, but that's just my yeah. opinion, and I hope I'm wrong. I, I do. We've talked a lot on your great show about federalism and about states' rights and a need to return to it and, and the convention of states. Um, the latest CDC announcement where they said that the COVID vaccine will be added to the required kids' vaccines to go to yes. school, that's a time for governors to step up. And Ron Absolutely. DeSantis already said he wouldn't enforce it. And many governors, Governor Youngkin here in Virginia, said the same thing. I will not force Virginia school kids because all the data says it's useless. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, so and dangerous. So this is a time for states and governors, I agree with you, states and governors to step up um, and and return to that idea of federalism. Boy, oh boy, Beth and if we could spend the rest of our, our, our lives on this earth making D.C. weak, 
we would be doing a great service to the world and making your governors strong, making your 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 voice count at the localist level because that's where the most power resides, and not four million bureaucrats at the Department of Labor and Department of Commerce. You ever want to get me on a tirade? Ask me about the 18,000 people who work at the Department of Commerce. What do they do all day? What are they doing right now? What are, what are any of them doing? Right, 16,000 people at the Department of Energy. What are they doing? They're all filling out forms and having meetings with their pronouns, of course, and, and, and discussing ways to change. They do nothing. Millions of them. Yeah. If we could ever make D.C. weak and make, a, make governors and states and people strong, boy, would we be doing a great service. Well, of course, in my opinion, you know, the, the bureaucracy is the oligarchy, is part of the oligarchy, you know, this, this two-party monopoly. And I, I, I've told my listeners to vote Republican, but don't trust them. <laughs> vote Republican, no. but don't trust them. We should not be trusting any of these politicians. And uh, we need to be it, – it's still in the people's hands. And if we're not going to pay attention – then what's going to happen? What do you think is going to happen in New York? I want to hear about that because do you think uh, Zeldin's going to beat, going to win? I sincerely hope so because the crime in New York has gotten so out of hand. Oh my gosh! Just the way people remember not paying what they pay for milk and bread and gas. People remember getting on the subway and not being afraid, and people remember sitting in a restaurant and not having a homeless person berate them uh, through the window, and and. Um, uh, New Yorkers are, are frustrated like everyone else. And even if you're a hardcore lib and you live in Manhattan Island and you, you share your pronouns with everyone, you still intrinsically want to feel safe. And New Yorkers right now don't feel safe. So I really think Zeldin has a chance. And I and I hope, I, I would love to wake up that Wednesday and uh, maybe if you'll have me on your show, if I'm if I'm in a celebratory mood we'll, we'll celebrate together <laughs> well we'll see if we can get that done I've got Mindy on that day and I think the three of us would have a great time together because it's, I hope we can celebrate and if not we're going to have to regroup and figure out what we're going to do as a people to bring this nation back to common sense and constitutionality it's always a pleasure to have you on uh, Daniel you make my day I thank you so much for all that you do uh, power of the future. We're thinking about the future in the United States of America. God bless you for all that you do and supporting the show to help us bring America home. Home. Oh.